Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we are coming to you from our respective apartments in quarantine. Bum, bum, bum. We sure are. Um, but before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by Night, the makers of our favorite pillow. So if you want to treat yourself to a sleep upgrade, head to discovernight.com and use code BOP20. We're going to tell you more about it later in the episode, but it's the best pillow ever. Sure is. How are you doing? I am okay. Like, I'm not great, but I'm also not terrible. So that's progress. Um, I feel like things are looking up on the work front. I have a ton of work and like different sponsored content and and things going on. So that's exciting. Um, It's been pretty easy to get groceries. I just got a food kick delivery order. So I mean, I'm getting food, which is great. I'm going to make banana bread tonight because I, I have a bunch of overripe bananas. I think I might try making banana ice cream over the weekend. Ooh, I would like to be a part of that. And by a part of that, I mean the recipient of some. I will put some in the lobby for you. Also, not to assign you tasks, but if you wanted to try making peach ice cream, I have frozen peaches and I would also be very interested in that. I love peach ice cream. It's like one of my favorite flavors. I know that. I did it once. It came out terrible. Oh, no. So maybe... And I bought all the stuff to make the roast. It's roasted banana, like a caramelized banana ice cream. Yum. So that's going to be next, but... I, I will am, put peaches on the list. I am deeply interested in this. The problem I had with peach was that um, the peaches, you're supposed to like puree them. And I was like, no, I want chunks of peaches. Yeah. And that was a terrible idea because the peaches um, just didn't freeze and the whole mixture didn't freeze because my ice cream maker is like a pretty janky one. And it, like you can't if, have chunks of stuff. Okay. I have an idea. What if you took some peaches and pureed them? but then also took frozen peaches and chopped them up so that you had chunks. I think that could work. I think think that that it requires just re-exploring. Yeah, I think this is a project that I would like to cheerlead you through. I feel confident in you and excited about it and interested. Yeah. I I feel good about it. So we're going to do the banana first, but I'll I'll re-explore peach. Please report back. I will. Well, I mean, not to um, me because I hope to consume it, but to to everyone else, I'm very to, invested. To the, to, to the listeners, I will I will keep you guys updated. Yeah. How about you, Becca? How are you? I'm fine. I'm stressed, um, but it's not related to the pandemic. I'm I'm okay up here. I went to the grocery store yesterday. I feel like I have really figured out my grocery store sitch. Yeah. And what I do is I go at like 930 in the morning because I think that people who have more traditional jobs have to like check in and be online and maybe they can like duck out later. But at like 930, they're like proving that 930 they're working. Is, everyone's at their desk at 930. Yeah. So that's when I go to the grocery store. And that's typically also when they're restocking things at the grocery store. So usually, even if it's not out, like it's in boxes and I can like grab whatever I need. Um, I pulled a real Karen move on um, yesterday when I was at the grocery store because I really wanted salmon. What did you do? Well, so I really wanted salmon and the fish counter wasn't open yet. And I was like, excuse me, um, when when will the fish counter be open? And the guy was like, in about 20 minutes. And I was like, okay. So then I did the rest of my shopping and it was probably like 15 minutes later. And I just like went and stood there and I was like, I'll wait. And then he ended up feeling awkward and going to get the guy for me, who was very nice. But I got salmon. Oh, well, you got your salmon. I know. 
I had salmon in my fridge that I had to throw out. And I'm upset because I got it. And I think I hadn't paid attention to the dates when I got it. Um, I got it from Imperfect Foods and Imperfect Foods is now dead to me because they they're either like really late with all their deliveries or they just don't ship my box and charge me for it anyway. Um, so I got salmon and I think it came already expired. Ooh. I was very upset. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to play so, roulette with fish. No, I threw it away. But I got it like a week ago. And I looked at it today and like that's pushing it with fish. But I looked at it today because I was going to make it for lunch and it said expires 420. So I was like, you sent me expired fish. Hmm. Hmm. Because today is 428 or 429. Today's 430. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it was expired for a few days by the time I got it. Yikes. Well, if you would yeah. like some salmon, I will trade you. I'm going to make like Cajun-y salmon. I'll trade you Ooh. for ice cream. I think that works. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's get into our highs and lows. What is yeah. your high? My high? Um, well, Becca, since you asked, mm-hmm. been on an organization kick. I cleaned out my whole fridge. I um, saw that on Instagram. It, my your, fridge looks beautiful. Not that your fridge is dirty per se, but you always have a lot of stuff in there. And it, I was like, oh, wow, she did a lot. There's There's always a lot. Like I threw out a lot of stuff like just things like you know those random things you buy like when you have people over like fig fig paste for cheese boards or olives for martinis and they've gone bad but they were in jars so it didn't smell or like do anything gross it was just taking up space so I did a lot of order organization and then I got a food kick order to replenish some of that stuff today which was good um yeah so that felt good I um I tinted my own eyebrows yesterday using our friend Jackie's tutorial which like for me one of my big things is my eyebrows just like because I have like naturally like dark blonde hair, like light brown to dark blonde, but it bleaches out or like some of the hairs are really, really blonde. And like, I just don't love it. So I like love having my brows tinted, but it's ex- a, it's expensive and B, you can't do it anymore. So following Jackie's instructions, I was like, this is so easy. I will never pay someone to tint my eyebrows again. It looks really good. Thank you. I'm, I'm quite proud. Yeah. I was really, really nervous. Like Jackie had to talk me off the ledge like multiple times because I was like, what if I turn out with black eyebrows or like what if I make them red? Yeah. But like this is the time because it washes out not quickly, but like quick enough that, you know, yeah, better Jackie's now than like is, the night before like a hot date or something. Jackie's hot tip is to put dish soap on your eyebrows if they get too dark. Jackie's the best. She's the smartest. Jackie. She just knows everything. So I'm very excited. I'm going to have a blog post up because like my people were exploding my DMs being like, I need to know now. I'm like, next week, give me time. What's but your, I'm so excited. What's your other one? I, I see it in here and I'm excited about it. Um, well, this is something I need you to do for me. Um, my Kindle came. I only got a Kindle because so Becca and I are really lucky that for the podcast, a lot of publishers will send us advanced copies of books, but I can't like now they aren't they don't have access to warehouses and things. So they're doing everything electronically. And I've been such a holdout for the Kindle that I was like, I don't I don't want one. I don't want one. But I really want to read the next American Royals book. So I got one and I'm going to be a Kindle person now. I mean, not really. Like, I'll always be a paper books person. But for quarantine, I'm going to be reading Kindles. Welcome to the future. And I need you to set it up for me because I'm confused. I will I, I will send you an article. It is really not that hard. You're... It's so intimidating. I don't know why it's intimidating to you. You were freaked out before you even got it. It's not hard. 
Um, did the you one connect thing that it? reassures me is my mom knows how to do it. So if my yeah. mom can do it, I feel like I can. Did you open it yet? No. Oh, I mean, I'm that's the first it. step. You just have to connect it to your Wi-Fi. It's just sitting on the counter. I don't know how to connect it. <laughs> There's like, it takes you through the setup and like you just put in your Wi-Fi, but you like select your network and you put in the password. Okay. I'm and then it, work on it. And then it comes preloaded with like the Kindle app. It, it's not like a phone. Like it literally only does this one thing. And so how, it do, has, how do I get NetGalley though? So you go to NetGalley and you sign up for NetGalley. Like you put in that. your name and your information. And then um, once you are like approved, there's a guide on their website that tells you how. It's so it's super easy. Okay. This all just feels very space age. I'm going to do it, but I'm nervous. I have so much faith in you. I feel like now my DMs are going to explode with people telling me, A, I'm an idiot and B, how to do it. Like don't DM me about the Kindle. I'll figure it out. You're not, but- you're not an idiot. You've just – you've done harder things. You can You can conquer this. This is not something that I would – classify as rocket science which is harder setting up alexa or kindle um i don't really remember the process of setting up alexa because alexa was confusing i just got my spotify on my alexa and i'm feeling like pretty good about that um i don't remember okay this is this is taking too long we're 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 getting off off base what's your high um okay so my high continues to be recording rom-com pods we're Almost done, We've actually. We've been so busy. We've been so busy. Um, we're almost done. We have two recording sessions tomorrow, and then we are fully recorded. And Oh, my God. I know. We've probably... That's wild. Yeah, it's wild. We've probably done like 30 hours of recording over the past week and a half. So it's been... On top of your regular job and the podcast. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it's been a lot. Um, but then last night, I got to hear... Um, tape of the organized of the first episode basically because sometimes we don't record with side characters so you know you kind of just have to imagine it or sometimes when there's big group scenes we like record with two people at a time so I got to hear it like it's like the jankiest version of itself like it's not edited whatsoever but just hearing it I was like yeah "Ah, we did it that's amazing I know. I'm so excited. Um, and then my other high is that I, I was complaining a few weeks ago um, that all my weekends haven't felt weekendy. You know? Do you, do you know what I mean? I mean, my, none of my weekends have been weekendy because I've been a mess. I know. It's, yes. it's just like I feel, I don't know, like I have all the time scaries instead of just Sunday scaries. And on Sunday, I don't feel relaxed. But I had a real Sunday. Yeah. And it wasn't That's that I, so nice. I don't have a secret. It's not that I did anything different. I think maybe it was part of like being so busy and then getting a break that it did feel restorative just because I was less frantic than I have been. Yeah. But um, I finished a book. I started a new TV series. I cooked. Like the end of the day, I was like, wow, I feel great. Yeah. So. That's a good feeling. It was a really good feeling. Yeah. So those are mine. What about on the low front? On the low front, I would say that I've just had a lot of micro lows, just like little things adding up. I've been really irritable. Um, It made me feel better because I was listening to Girls Gotta Eat and Raina talked a lot about just feeling like randomly irritable and cranky. And I've definitely felt that way. Like nothing is, is that bad, but sometimes I'm just so cranky and so irritable and like the littlest thing will make me upset and I don't like feeling like that yeah 
But I think it's normal. Like when Raina talked about that, like it was exactly how I was feeling. So it kind of normalized it a little for me. And I was like, okay, other people are feeling like this. Like I'm not a total raging bitch. You know who else was talking about feeling like this? Melissa Woodhealth. Was she? I can't imagine Melissa ever feeling irritable. She's so perfect. Yeah. I think she posted it today. You'll have to look it up. I'm going to look at it. Yeah. I love her. Love you, Melissa. If you're listening to us, she's not listening. (laughs) I'm drinking wine, guys, if you can't tell. Um, Becca, what's your low? Um, I'm definitely feeling overwhelmed. I have just taken on a lot and I feel like it's going to be this way for a while because now that we were done recording, we're going to go into the editing process and I don't know why we did this. I do know why we did this, but we set a very aggressive pace for ourselves and we feel we're both type threes, myself and Rachel, who's my co-writer and producer. And, um, we very much want to stick to the timeline and we're hoping to launch June 1st. So yeah, so I'm I'm overwhelmed. But um, specifically, yeah. I'm having stress dreams about rom-com pods. Like a lot of them are non-specific and I'm just like have like a worried feeling where I'm like, oh my God, somebody's going to like forget to show up for a recording or something. I don't even know what they're about. Yeah. And it's not like anything's going wrong. It's like, it's weird. Um, yeah. But I do have a funny dream that I would like to share with the class. I'm ready. So I had a dream. The class? Yes. So I had a dream that um, Chad Michael Murray of One Tree Hill fame had started. Love him. Had a huge crush on him. Yep. Had started an analytics software company. And Rachel and I had gone to like an in-person demo for it because we wanted to see him. And um we were there and everyone was there just to see him. And so you could tell that he was getting frustrated. So then Rachel started to like ask all these questions and act way too interested um, to like compensate. And so he was like hanging out with us in the back corner of the room. But the problem was, is that his analytics software cost $30,000 a month. And both in, <laughs> in real life and in the dream, we cannot afford this. And so I was really like freaking out because she was like really playing chicken with this. Um, But then I ran into somebody that I used to work with and I went off with them somewhere. So I'm not sure how it ended, but um, that was a recent dream. I I miss Chad Michael Murray. I wonder how he's doing. Um, I feel like he's in a couple like Hallmark Christmas movies every year. He looks good still. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into today's topic, which is actually just a random grab bag of topics, um, I would love it if you would leave us a review or share our podcast on Instagram or send it to a friend who might like it. Help us grow. I feel like we've been pretty dramatic in our desperation minutes, and I feel like we've worried people. I mean, yes, our <laughs> traffic are is so down, worried, which is so They're nice. Like, I hope you're still going to do the podcast. I'm like, we are, we are. Like, we're just not making any money from doing it, but we still love doing it. We still love doing it. I feel like advertisers are starting to come back. We definitely yeah. lost um, traffic because people aren't commuting, but um, it's fine. But yeah, if you yeah. are a member of the class, please help share the podcast. Yeah. Putting us on your Instagram stories. I mean, leaving a review is great, but like really the only way to for podcasts to grow is when you guys share us on Instagram. So we really appreciate that. Yeah. So let's take a quick ad break and then we'll get into it. So this ad feels extra relevant these days. Grace, tell me, how are you sleeping? I am sleeping okay. So between my CBD and my night pillow, I'm doing all right. I definitely have to work on getting myself on a better schedule, but I've been kind of giving myself some grace there. 
um, I'm staying up a little too late and then sleeping a little too late, but it's a pandemic. I feel like during this time, getting a good night's sleep is more important than ever, but then it's also harder than ever. So that's such a catch-22. And I know we've told you about 8 million times, but for us, the key to a good night's sleep is really the night pillow. It really is. So the night pillow, if, you, if you're if you new here and you haven't heard us gush about it a million times, the night pillow is a memory foam pillow with a silk pillowcase. I've been a lifelong insomniac. And ever since I started sleeping with this pillow about five years ago, I've noticed a huge difference in my sleep quality. So the pillow just cradles your head and bounces back if you change positions. So you never end up with like that flat, sad, uncomfortable pillow pancake. Yeah. And the silk pillowcase has serious benefits for your skin and your hair. So on the hair front, silk doesn't snag your hair. So your hair stays nicer for longer like between washes. Um, And I'm also completely devoted to my night silk scrunchies. So, oh, the scrunchies are the best. They're the best. So I just took my hair down after having it in a messy bun for 48 hours. No joke. Your hair looks good. No crease. That's magic. Yeah, it really is. On the skin front, sleeping with a silk pillowcase helps to prevent wrinkles. And because silk is not absorbent, it keeps your nightly beauty products on your face instead of soaking up into your pillow. Also, just so you know, they also sell the pillowcases separately so you could put them on any pillow that you have. So if you're looking to upgrade your sleep, you have got to try the night pillow. I know some of you might be on the fence because of the price, and I get that. But the first thing I'll say is that you're going to use it every single night. So spending some money here, to me, is completely worth it. And then second, Knight has an amazing return policy. So you can try your pillow for 100 nights. And if you don't love it, you can return it. No questions asked. You sure can. So you can take 20% off the pillow or any of Knight's other amazing products at discoverknight.com with the code BOP20. Again, that's 20% off your order at discoverknight.com with code BOP20. So we're going to get into the questions. You guys sent us so many amazing questions. This is going to be really fun. We're actually going to do a second question episode because you guys also had a lot of like product and reading and travel related questions. So we'll do like grab bag number two in a few weeks. Sure. Well, the first question, this is probably good background on us. Where did you go to college? What did you study? What was your college experience like? Oh, okay. Um, I went to Boston College. Uh, I studied I was in a program called International Studies, which was kind of an amalgam of political science and history and anthropology. Um, And then I minored in Spanish literature. And what was my college experience like? It was great. I met most of my, to this day, best friends in college. We were both studious and fun. I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know how to sum up my college experience in one sentence, but um, it was it was great. Ten out of ten. Highly recommend. What yeah, about my you? college? Well, my college experience was like twenty years ago, so I, it always like cracks me up to talk about college. But I loved it. I went to Bentley University in out, just outside of Boston. Well, no, I don't. Don't lie. You you started somewhere else. Oh, I did. I started at Stonehill. I was at Stonehill for one year. 
my boyfriend at the time was at Bentley and I realized how much better I like Bentley versus Stonehill. Stonehill, and I don't want to upset anyone who went there and loved it. Stonehill was Catholic. I'm not Catholic. Um, I didn't, I felt like everyone there was very homogenous and I just felt like it was an extension of high school kind of. I just didn't, it wasn't for me. Um, but I transferred to Bentley and was much happier. I majored in finance. I minored in corporate communications. I um, was in a sorority called Gamma Phi Beta. Loved my sorority. I drank a lot. I had a lot of fun, but I also was very focused on school and learning. I um, got an internship at Filene's as a like in their buying program, and that was kind of my dream was to be a buyer. And I I, I was able to achieve that because of my experience at Bentley. I feel like that was a hard question to sum up. Yeah, I feel like it could be like a whole episode if we want. I know. To a college throwback. I know. All right. The second yeah. question is, how did we meet? We met at Bobble Bar. So what happened was um, I was working there. I had my blog. At the time, um, Becca had reached out to me. She was working for a denim brand called Indie, which is no longer around. And I think the company folded and Becca reached out to me and was like, hey, I saw Bobble Bar is hiring. I'm thinking about applying for the job. So I connected her to the hiring manager and um, the rest was history. I feel like you're you're downplaying that. So I am. I was going to let you chime in on what oh, else okay. happened. Oh, I thought that was like period. I didn't want to tell no the sentence. whole story. Oh, okay. No, it's like the night ad. Like I tell a little and then you tell a little. Oh, okay. So um, Grace and I had emailed. Like we, I didn't just reach out to her out of the blue. But so I interviewed for the job. I lived in San Francisco at the time. I moved to New York. They were like, you can have you can have this job if you can move here in two weeks. And I was like, no problem. So I moved to New York and um, Grace and I sat. Was our first seating arrangement? Was I across? From you were you? next to me. Okay, I was next. I was next to Grace, and um, Grace did not like me. I didn't. Becca was bossy. So our other best friend is this girl Jackie, who helped me with my brows, and then our friend Ilana, and we all were like, "This girl is so bossy and so mean. Like she just got here." Okay, first of all, Ilana didn't work there yet, so don't lump her in. Okay, Ilana, sorry. Ilana loved you from day one, and Ilana, Ilana, <laughs> Ilana is a special um, princess. Later, Ilana came later. Okay, so Grace did not like me, <laughs> and I do not remember what happened or if it was just like a gradual thawing over time, but I would say within what, like three months? Yeah. Within like three months, they literally had to make a new seating chart because they were like, these two can't sit together because we were too disruptive because we had all these like weird <laughs> toys and, and animals on our desk and we were just like constantly laughing. And also keep in mind, as I'm telling the story, <laughs> that Grace is in her early 30s at this point and I'm in my late 20s, like literally. A we're not like, it's not like we're like 25. No, a company had to make a new seating chart because they were like, these two are trouble together. Yeah. We did have the two weirdest desks in that place. We did. And I, I, I miss those days. Yeah. And then eventually, because we were... Grace ran social media and then I uh, did digital marketing. And so we were always seated close to each other, but it was like they can't sit next to each other. So then at one point, there was a poor woman who had to sit in between us. She, Ooh. Amy McDowell, she did not enjoy oh, that. She did not enjoy us. She did not enjoy us at all. We enjoyed us <laughs> enough for, for her and us. We did. Uh huh. So that's how we met. She was your boss. She was my boss. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That was a fun walk down memory lane. 
Somebody said, how do you balance personal privacy while sharing so much of your life online? Um, I feel like this is probably more to you than to me. I feel like I just don't share what I don't want to share. Like you don't have to answer every question just because somebody asks. So like I feel like for me, the best example I can come up with is people constantly asking for a tour of my apartment. I just don't feel comfortable with that. And I mean, partially it's because for the most part, my whole apartment is never clean and camera ready. So I'm like not ready to just take you around. But then also I'm like, I don't I don't need to show you the entire layout of my apartment. I show you pictures like it's you've seen enough. There's not like I mean, there's not like a secret wing of the house that you haven't seen. Like I live in a New York City apartment like you've seen most of it. Um, And so, you know, you just have to be like, no, I don't feel comfortable with that. And like, that's the end of the story. I don't know. How do you yeah, feel about? I, there's just so like I think because I'm always on stories and talking about things like people think I'm they're seeing my whole life, but they're not. Um, and I also just omit things like I think it was good advice from you or Kate or like one of our friends was like, just ignore something if you don't like it. So if I get a DM or I get asked a question in a Q&A and I don't want to answer it, I just ignore it. Um, and there's just life, like a lot of elements of my life that I don't share and yeah. I don't want to. So you just don't see it. Like yeah. If you don't talk about something, then no one can ask you about it. If Agreed. that makes any sense. I'm not like secretive or like hiding. Like I'm not like secretly a man or something. But well, I- she she does have a uh, slave boy at her house who does all of the dishes just- and then she complains about it. He yeah. has to sleep in the crawl space underneath her apartment um, and she doesn't show him. That's how she gets it done. Yeah. I actually have a whole family. I've got kids. I've got three cats. She does. I've got a secret husband. Yeah. She doesn't talk about all the people she kidnaps. Yeah, so that just got really weird. I think that with the podcast, with with my blog, with everything, people are always like, how do you share everything? And I'm just like, we're not sharing everything. We're just sharing what we choose to share. Yeah, we curate the questions. Somebody we sure do. Somebody asks we're a question we don't want to answer. Whoop. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, we're the boss of this. Yep. So the next question somebody asked was, how do you balance self-improvement with the comparison game slash self-esteem? I think this is something that has come for me with age. Like, I generally just don't really give a fuck what everyone else is doing. And I just do what I want to do. Of course, there are times. Like, there's one influencer I follow, and I'm such a huge fan of her. She always looks perfect. Her little family is so cute. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I was more like her. But I also, like, really like my life. And I'm really happy with what I'm doing. So I think it's just, like, focusing on yourself versus focusing on others. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And also like delete Facebook from your phone because <laughs> like, I don't know. I th- feel like Instagram like doesn't ever make me feel bad, but Facebook sometimes does because it's like everyone posting with their families and things and I'm like quarantined alone in my apartment. Oh, interesting. I feel like Instagram is much more comparison-y for me. Interesting. I mean, I'm also just perfect. So that helps. Um, I feel like for me, so I think growing my own Instagram following and being public in some way has almost negated some of the comparison game. Because like what we said for the last question, people aren't sharing 100% of their life, no matter how honest they are being. Like there's, first of all, people aren't like sharing their bad days. Or if they are, it's like a prettier picture of it. Like, you know, nobody's going on their story talking to the camera and being like, I was a fucking monster today. Like, do you want to hear this terrible thing I said? Like, nobody's doing that. And so, you know, I think like you have to take it with a grain of salt where for anything great you're seeing, there's probably less great things that are happening concurrently behind the scenes. So I think that's taken some of the comparison out of it. 
Um, and then, yeah, I think age, like you're just like you care less over time. But yeah, I think like one thing is just if you feel like you want to change something, like actually sitting, asking yourself, is that something I actually want or is that something I think I want? Because I've seen other people have it. Like it's like, you're like, wow, this person always looks so good put together. And you're like, I should look more put together. And you're like, I don't want to shower. So you're like, well, here we are. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. And if you if you decide that you do want to work on it, like put a plan in place and work on it. Like I am personally trying to be better with my money. So I have little plans in place and I'm I'm slowly getting there, as Becca knows. Oh, <laughs> tracking yeah. down tracking down all those unpaid checks that I'm owed. Grace, I don't know how you do that. I mean, getting paid is my favorite thing. When somebody pays me, I cash the check right away. I know. Well, now I have the Bank of America app and I put I put my checks in my account the second I get them. Good. But but see, like I look at you and I'm like, Becca's so good with her money. I want to be more like that. Yeah, but I think there is like a benefit to Im- improving yourself. Like that isn't yeah. to say like you're a perfect special snowflake and you should, you should never want to change, but actually focusing on things that are important to you and will improve your life versus being like, this girl on Instagram is like crafting up a storm and I think I should too. And you're like, I don't really want to do that. Yeah, but like teaching, like working at being better with your finances or teaching yourself to cook or whatever it is that's going to actually make your life better. Like put like a small plan in place and like take it step by step. Don't like beat yourself up if you're not perfect at first, but you'll get there. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for beginners. I think like it's brave to start something and not be good at it. And that's really hard because I even feel that in myself that sometimes like I feel a compulsion to quit immediately when I'm not good at something. So be realistic with yourself. And like it's cool to be trying to learn something new or getting good at something that you're currently bad at. That's such good advice. I hate being bad at things. And I'm everyone does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got some quick questions for you. Ooh. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you six quick questions. Um, Becca, do you have an update on if you're getting a dog? I am going to shoot you all straight in that <laughs> I'm not drinking. I don't know why I'm I'm feeling saucy this episode. Um, I'm feeling so saucy, but I am drinking. Maybe I'll start like halfway through the episode. Getting a dog is something that I will probably complain about and wax poetic about for the next five years and not do it. Um, my life is just not super conducive to having a dog right now. Like outside of global pandemics, I'm traveling way too much. I want to travel that much. And having a dog just probably doesn't fit into my life, no matter how much I love dogs. So the reality is probably more so that I want to have a boyfriend or a best friend with a dog so I can be the cool aunt to a dog who loves me. So no matter how much I talk about getting a dog, I I just I don't see it working in my life right now. I did think about getting a dog during quarantine and um, Katie Storino was helping me look for dogs. But um, in New York, at least they're they're kind of out of dogs. They're out of dogs. Yeah, they're out of dogs. And so the only dogs that left are left are like um, old dogs, dogs with a lot of special needs, like um, really big dogs. And and so I have never um, been the primary owner of a dog before. So I feel like I need a pretty like standard issue dog, not a dog with like 9 million medical issues on day one. So I don't think that's going to work out either. So yeah. 
That's sad because I'd love to be the aunt to your dog. I know. Yeah. I know. Because I don't want a dog. I just don't think it would be right to Terry, and I think it would really upset him. Um, But I would love to have one. I know. Like being the, the cool aunt to a dog is the dream. Yeah. Should we get out? Al- Alex won't ever get a dog. No. <laughs> it's not happening. Maybe we can kick out the other neighbors who we aren't friends with and have Sonny move in who has a dog. That can be our screening criteria. Yes. I like that. Becca, do you have an update on your carbonara rep- recipe? <laughs> This is so random. Um, I was like, I don't know what her recipe is. So basically what happened is that I made carbonara, which is one of my favorite things. That's not true. It's something that I like. I tried to make it a couple of times in the past and it always came out awful. And a couple weekends ago, I was craving it and I decided that this was going to be a project. And I looked up a bunch of recipes and I kind of winged it and it was perfect. But because I wasn't following a recipe, I do not know how to recreate it. So um, when we had our food episode last uh, two weeks ago, I posted photos of like a bunch of things that I had cooked recently. And whenever I post, I'm sure it's the same for you, but whenever I post anything I've cooked, everyone's like, can I have the recipe? Can I have the recipe? And I was like, and I said in the um, on the story panel, I was like, please don't ask me for the recipe. I didn't use one and it was perfect. And now I don't know how to recreate this and I'm really stressed about it. Um, so that still stands. Um, but okay. I I don't know, just I feel like I used a combination of like a New York Times recipe and a Bon Appetit recipe. I don't know. I feel well, like it's, it looked delicious. It was it was so, it was so good. Um, I, I often feel disappointing when people ask me for recipes and I'm like, I don't really have a recipe. I feel like Jess Keys did a really great blog post about like how to cook without recipes because I feel like sometimes I'll see something and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to make that very specific thing. And then other times I'm just like, here's some random things I have. Yeah, I feel like I'm just throwing whatever's in the fridge into like a pan with some olive oil and like maybe some pasta and some Parmesan cheese and just being like, it's dinner. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Um, What is your freelance career like and how do you get clients? Okay. That's not a quick question. That's not a quick question, but I can refer you to some, I can give you a quick answer and then refer you to some other resources. So um, we did a whole episode. Ooh like a year ago about working for ourselves. And I talked all about how I get clients and and all sorts of things. So go listen to that episode if you haven't, if that's something you're interested in. Um, so I am a freelance marketing consultant and I usually um, work in a, well, I work on all different types of projects. Like I'll come in for sometimes on a special project. Like right now I'm working with Kind Snacks, the snack bar, to help them overhaul their email and retention strategy. Um, Other times I'll come in when maybe the team has lost a leader or, um, you know, they're trying to hire a head of marketing and I'll come in as an interim um, head of marketing and and help to organize the team and the strategy and get everyone going. Um, I've worked on a bunch of projects for TV campaigns. Um, So yeah, so that's what I do. I usually work for anywhere from two to three clients at a time. Right now I have two and then I have the podcast and rom-com pods. Um, I like it. I will be honest that I don't love it. <laughs> um, and the reason I don't love it is that I, I really like having teammates in a project I've realized. So that's why I like the podcast and rom-com pods because I have like somebody that I'm doing it with. So I feel like the solo nature of it, even though I'm working with people, I'm usually in and out in too short a time to like really form a really strong working relationship with people. So it's good. It, It pays well. I'm grateful for the work. It's interesting to work for all different companies, but um, I don't know. I'm in a weird career place right now. 
And then how do I get clients? Um, 100% of my business has been uh, referral uh, either directly or through my network, which is obviously really, really lucky. And that was, I guess, somewhat intentional that I um, only felt secure going freelance when I had a network built. Like if you're two years out of college and listening to this and thinking about going freelance, I mean, not to say you shouldn't, but like my I've been working in this field and in New York for eight years and I guess in this field for like 11 years. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But I, I really do recommend the other episode where we went like super deep into all aspects of working for yourself and um, my It's a good episode. Business. Yeah. Yeah. Someone asked, this is also random, what is your favorite New Haven area spot? Oh, okay. So um, for those who don't know, so I grew up in outside of New Haven, um, but then I moved to Florida in high school. And um, so I don't, I mean, I don't have <laughs> my like favorite spot in my hometown was Friendly's, which isn't there anymore. Um, I think I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to assume that this person is really asking, what is my favorite New Haven pizza place, which I do have an answer for, and that's Peppy's. But yeah, I don't really have any local recs. What were your thoughts and emotions when you decided to move to San Francisco? Oh, my God. Um, I was like having a quarter-life crisis. So I moved to San Francisco when I was 24, and I lived there for two years. And um, before that, I lived in Boston, and I lived with uh, one of my best friends, and we lived in this apartment that her dad owned, and we were each paying $750 in rent for this like really nice, brand-new, two-bed, two-bathroom apartment. And her dad is – he's something. And um, basically, they got in a huge fight, and she also worked for him at the time, and she got fired, and he was like, you have to move out of the apartment. And I, it kind of sparked this quarter-life crisis for me where I was like, oh, like I'm living here because this is easy, but it's not what I want to do. And like I wasn't – I worked in consulting at the time. I made good money where I was like, all of this is just like easy, but it doesn't feel right. So it like sparked this whole crisis. I have no idea why I, just, I decided to move to San Francisco. I had never been there before I moved there. Um, I drove cross-country for two and a half weeks with a friend of mine and – um, I started crying the minute that we got to San Francisco because I realized that I'd made such a big decision. And I, I started crying because I was like, are we going to go over the Golden Gate Bridge? And he was like, oh, I don't, I don't think so. I think that's like on the north side of the city. And I like didn't even know that. And I started crying because I was like, I made a huge mistake. It was great, though. Um, it was really fun living in San Francisco. Yeah, my emotional state was not good to sum it up. But it ended up being fine. And I'm a really big, as a result, I feel like I'm a really big believer in like following your gut. And if somebody's like, I just have a feeling that I like have to move to Tulsa, I'd be like, you definitely need to move to Tulsa. Like, do it. So if you want to be talked out of making a big life change, I am probably not the right person to come to. I couldn't agree with you more. I felt the same way when I moved to New York, like uh, 14 years ago. I had that gut feeling and just did it. I'd been only been here once when I was a child and then once for my job interview. I feel like being young, I feel like, well, now I'm like, oh, that seems like so much work. But like when you're young and like unintimidated by that, I feel like that's the best time. Like you should make crazy decisions because they're not undoable. Yeah. Like all my possessions like pretty much fit in a small U-Haul. It was fine. Totally. One last quick question is where where do you get your quarantine pants? Okay. So they're not my quarantine pants. They are my pandemic pants because it's alliterative. 
Um, they're not mine. I discovered them through Hithapalapu. Um, and they're from Old Navy. They are called the Plush Knit Joggers. And I 100% recommend them. I can vouch for them. I got two pairs because of Becca. They're so soft. They're quite soft. It, I am upset that I'm not wearing them right now. Okay, so let's take another quick ad break to talk about Book of the Month. So Book of the Month is usually my favorite piece of mail that I get all month long. Every month they pick five new and early release books for members to choose from, and then they ship your pick right to your door. And they just released their May picks. Grace, I could not choose. So I picked two this month. I got The Boyfriend Project, which is about a woman who becomes best friends with the other women that her boyfriend is cheating on her with. And then I also got Happy and You Know It because on the one sentence description, it said something about like rich New York City moms with secrets. And that was really all I needed to hear. What did you pick? Okay. So I kind of went hog wild with Book of the Month this month because I got the two that you mentioned for the exact same reasons that you mentioned them. Like I love anything about rich Upper East Side moms. And I love the idea of like a girl trying to become best friends with the mistress. But I also got a good marriage because that was the thriller pick. And I frankly, I can't remember what it's about, but it sounded amazing. Um, I had a bunch of credits. I There was like a time where I was like, I'm no new books. So I would get a new credit every month and they would just rack up. And so I didn't spend extra money, but I I, um, I definitely dipped into my credits and I feel kind of guilty getting three books. But, you know, it's the it's a pandemic and we're reading a lot more like I'm no longer getting distracted. So I'm reading a lot. So oh wait, but sorry. But before we get into that. I just need to plug my book from last month, which was The Guest List. I read it in 24 hours, and I just realized that it's not available anywhere else until June. But it's fabulous. Ooh. So I discover so many new-to-me books from Book of the Month. I just really trust their curation process, and I will always feel comfortable stepping outside of my comfort zone and trying something different if it's one of their picks. And I also love that they focus on highlighting new and diverse authors. I couldn't agree more. And the other thing I like is when they make books available early before their release date. Yeah. I felt so bad because I was raving about the guest list on my Instagram the other day. And so many people were like, how did you get it early? Is this just a blogger pick preference? And I was like, oh, actually, no, I bought this with my book of the month. Um, It's just like a fun way to be like a books insider. Yeah, the the Boyfriend Project is also an early release this month. Oh, so another thing that you should definitely know is that book of the month is totally commitment free. So you can skip a month anytime, as many times as you want, or you can always use your credit on a previous month's book if nothing from this month appeals to you. So I don't think that that's going to be the case this month because I... Again, I picked three books this month, but if you don't, if nothing appeals to you, go with the guest list from last month because it's so good. So if you're looking for some great reads while we're all staying at home, you should definitely try Book of the Month. You can get your first book for just $10 at bookofthemonth.com with code BOP10. So again, your first book for $10 at bookofthemonth.com with code BOP10. Okay, guys. So We just both refilled our wine and we are going to move on to some quarantine questions. We had to cut this down a little bit because we're running over and we don't want to make this episode a million hours long. Okay. So the first question somebody had, if you had to quarantine anywhere other than your apartments, where would it be? So I have a few answers to that. The the obvious one would be Charleston, but 
ideally I'd have like a house like next to my parents and not um, in their house because I don't think I would want to be like in their little guest room and like using the guest shower and everything. Like I like my home with like more space and my own things. But there is a part of me that wishes that like you and I and Alex had the foresight like months ago to like rent a beautiful house up in the mountains and be like going for hikes and in nature. But to be honest, like I like being in my apartment. I know it sounds boring, but like we have access to delivery. Everything is easy ish. And I'm, I'm, I don't think there's anywhere I'd actually truly rather be. Yeah. The longer it's gone on, the more grateful I feel that I stayed at my apartment because I would feel much antsier being away from my stuff, being away from my bed for such a long period of time. So, yeah, even just things like the mail and stuff. I know that's boring. But. Totally. Um, but if I had to go quarantine somewhere else, it would definitely – I don't know specifically, but it would definitely be somewhere warm with a pool. I am. I would so, love to be in a pool. I'm so jealous of anyone who can be outside in a private area like, oh my God, that sounds so nice. Even like Carly posted her backyard the other day with her dogs running through like a um, – she set up like a – Oh, an agility course. Agility course for them. And I was so jealous. She was like sitting in the sun in a cute dress. And I was just like, even in New Jersey, I was just like, I wish I had a yard. I know. I know. But it's like a little slice of outdoor space. Yeah. Somebody wanted to know, how is New York feeling now? Are people anxious to get back to work or are they willing to wait? Oh, I feel like people are willing to wait. I think um, it's hard to say how New York is feeling when I don't really go outside. But I think people are willing to wait and everyone's just putting the greater... Um, public good ahead of their own ambition and wants and desires. I I don't think it's. I mean, it's obviously not a contest, but um, I think people in New York are taking it very seriously because of the amount of cases. Like people are all wearing masks. You know, in the grocery store, it is kind of a tense situation. Like, yeah, I think people are taking it very very seriously and will wait as long as it takes. I will be interested to see what happens when it gets nice out. It's supposed to be nice this coming weekend. It was really nice one day last weekend, and I feel like everyone and their mom was out. And I feel like it's so hard because everyone in New York generally has smaller apartments, so you feel cooped up. And also, once it gets really hot, um, most people don't have air conditioning here. So you're also like trying to get out because like your hot, stale apartment. So I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see what summer will bring, but people are taking it very seriously here, which is good. Which is good because we, again, we've had so many cases. It's really scary. Somebody wrote, do you have any tips for dealing with grief when you have to be alone because of COVID-19? Um, I do not think that I am feeling this as acutely as other people are. Even I feel like you're maybe feeling this more acutely than I am. In some ways, I do think being an only child prepared me to be able to entertain myself alone for long periods of time. Um, I think, okay, this is going to sound really harsh. So first of all, before I say it, everyone's going to have good and bad days. It is unrealistic to expect that 100% of your days will be happy or productive or both. Um, but at some point, I feel like you, like in a normal circumstance, would be like either change your circumstances or change your attitude. And obviously, you can't really change your circumstances. It's a global pandemic. So it is what it is. But um, you got to change your attitude. And like, you got to find something to enjoy, whether that's, I mean, for me, I'm enjoying cooking so much more. I'm enjoying randomly calling friends and getting to catch up with people I don't talk to as much. I am enjoying having time to focus on rom-com pods. I am enjoying being able to catch up on new TV series without guilt because 
there's nothing better to do. I don't know. Like you have to kind of find things to be positive about. And I know I follow a few people on Instagram. Molly Chen comes to mind and Carly comes to mind, um, both of whom have gratitude practices that they're sharing online. So, I mean, I think trying that, not necessarily online, but um, thinking about the positives instead of the negatives, because like it is what it is. You can't you can't change it at this point. So yeah. Yeah, I would say you can't change it. And so what I do, because I think I have felt like very upset a lot of days and like just very depressed and anxious and not like myself. Like I've never really had struggled with depression or anxiety. And I don't think that I'm now like clinically depressed or anxious. I've just had, I've just struggled a lot. And so my advice is to kind of like lean into it and embrace it. And if you are feeling terrible, like let yourself feel those things and like have a movie day or like do something that is maybe going to like make you feel a little bit better. But then when things are good, like lean into that productivity and ride the wave. Like I will have days where I'm just like a maniac and doing so much work and organizing my whole apartment and writing blog posts for the whole week. And then I will have days where I just like start crying for like no real reason. So I just think it's important to let yourself feel all of the things and like don't push it aside because I know I tend to kind of compartmentalize my emotions. And if I feel and I don't think it's healthy to do that because you're just kind of pushing it inward. Um, and I'm not a psychologist. I can't tell you why that's bad, but I know it's bad. Um, so just kind of let yourself feel all the things and know that it's okay and that like you're not alone. This one I think is more to you. Have PR mailings changed since the pandemic? Oh my God. Yes. This is like my one high of quarantine. So I've become really cognizant that it's like not okay to complain about blogger mail, but like imagine if you just like didn't ever sign up for this and like are suddenly just getting all these packages because people are sharing your address within companies and like you're just on this master list and like there's so much excess plastic and packages and just shit you never said that you wanted. It has calmed down immensely. So many brands are now just sending a note saying, hey, we're sending out our newest launch. Do you want it? We know that people are um, maybe not wanting a lot of mail or nervous about getting COVID-19 from a package. And I actually have a say in the matter, which is so nice because I'm someone who's really on top of their email and always writes back if someone emails me. So it's so nice to be asked before sending something. So yes, they have come down quite a bit, which has made my life a lot easier. Oh, good. And I hope it continues after this. What is the first thing you're going to do after quarantine? Well, I mean, I think this is a hard question because I don't think it's going to be a light switch where it's like on one day and then you can go everywhere the next. So I think realistically speaking, it will be um, to have people over like a small dinner party in my house and enjoy an evening of company with people that I cook for instead of just cooking for myself. Yes. So I I think that's the realistic answer. Um, The non-realistic answer, if it were to light switch, would be to fucking get on a plane and go somewhere or go eat in a restaurant and like have a wild night out in New York City. I don't know, like just the opposite of this. But I don't think that's going to happen. I want to like make out with a boy, but I think it's I'm going to be too nervous to touch anyone for a long time. Yeah. Also, I want to get a haircut, highlights, and a bikini wax. Like, oh. Those are my those are the three things that I cannot do to myself. I feel uh, lucky that I am fairly low maintenance in terms of my beauty services routine. I feel like everyone is like not complaining because I don't mind it, but like everyone is talking about what bad shape they're in. And I'm like, oh, 
have never dyed my hair. That's not a problem I'm dealing with. Yeah, I overall feel fine about everything because I don't wear a lot of makeup. I learned how to tint my eyebrows and that was like something I was feeling really bad about. But like I was listening to Girls Gotta Eat and they were talking about how one of their listeners waxed her whole vagina. Oh my God. I don't know how she did it, but I was like, tell me more. And also like I have so many on a non-vagina related note, I have so many split ends and just I needed a haircut before this happened, but I wasn't prepared and like going to get a preemptive haircut. So I would love a haircut and maybe like just a few fresh highlights to brighten up around my face. What is the first place you want to travel post-quarantine? It's so boring, but probably Charleston. I miss Nick and Natalie and Deirdre so much. I miss my parents so much. Um, I'd say like three out of my five or six best friends live in Charleston and my parents live there. So I, I want to be in Charleston right now. Okay. How about you? On a realistic note, like probably get out of town to Boston, which is where a lot of my college friends live and, and just like see some people. It's close enough. It's not a long flight. Unrealistically, so I will give a small spoiler in that our first season of Rom-Com Pods takes place in Italy. And before quarantine happened, Rachel and I had said that we were going to like go to Italy this summer as a trip to celebrate. And so I would I would really like to go to Italy. But um, again, don't know what the timeline on that is. Yeah, my unrealistic one would be St. Bart's. I got invited on this like amazing like luxury press trip there and I was so excited and that's obviously been canceled. Yeah. So now like the idea of like drinking rosé on the beach in St. Bart's sounds incredible. Well, I do feel like there'll be a wave of press trips once travel is safe because they'll want to show that people are traveling and yeah. So I mean, maybe that's not realistic that it'll get unrealistic that it'll get rescheduled. I would be so excited, but we'll see. What is something you don't miss about pre-COVID-19 life? I think I've just always felt very stretched um, with events. And it's funny because um, Jules Von Hepp, who is coming on our podcast soon. I adore and him. And we love him. I did an Instagram live with him on the Isle of Paradise channel this morning. And we're, he was talking about how he just always has felt like he has to say yes to everything. And now like quarantine has made him really focus on like the things that matter, which is like his business, his fiance, and like a few more things. And um, how he just felt like he was going to all these things all the time that he didn't really need to. And I think that I did that to myself. And um, I was getting really good at saying no, but still probably wasn't saying no enough. And I just think this has made me realize like that I don't want to do all those things that just don't even matter anymore. Like all the blogger events and just like the the bullshit networking and like stupid cocktail hours and things when I could be like maybe going on a date or like calling my parents or like seeing my niece who I miss so much or seeing you and Alex and like our other friends or hanging out with Tyrion who's being really cute right now. Um, I do not miss commuting. I do not miss commuting one bit. I do think it's really nice that in my schedule, I do not have to get ready and I do not have to go anywhere to work. And I mean, I I did work from home before this, but I would have to go into the city pretty frequently for meetings. So I it is def a plus for me that commuting is not a thing right now. Although it is also a negative because it has affected our podcast traffic. So I want you all to yeah. have to commute, but I don't want to have to commute. I love not commuting, but I, I mean, I still have to commute in other ways, like for events and things and meetings. So we're going to take one last quick break to tell you about a podcast we think you might like. So a lot is happening in the world. And personally, I'm finding it pretty hard to find 
find the right balance of news consumption. So today we want to tell you about Skim This. So it's an evening podcast from The Skim that cuts through the noise. They're breaking down the biggest developments and most complex stories of the day in just 10 minutes to give you the context on why they matter. Because in today's world, so much is changing and context is clarity. Skim This, and that's it has two M's, Skim This is clearing things up every Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcasts. So Grace, the tables have turned. I have seven quick questions for you that you curated, and most of them are about cats. I love that yours are about careers and mine are about cats. Like, oh, what I does assumed, that say? I assumed you picked these out of, of diverse range of questions. I sure didn't. I tallied all of the questions and put them into buckets and was like, sure, this looks fine. But then as you were talking, I realized like how deep and serious yours were. And mine are like weird questions. <laughs> so just get into it. So Grace, how does your stack of books not fall over? It doesn't fall over because it is not a stack of books. It is a bookshelf. Um, Design with Within Reach sells the more expensive version. Mine is not the expensive version. It is from Amazon. It is linked in my Amazon shop or in my home tour on my blog. But it is a metal bookshelf with very thin slats. And then you put the books in and it looks like a shelf. So it is very sturdy. It's never going to fall over. So Please do not worry about my book stacks. Question 1B. Do you think this person submitted the question seriously or to get a rise out of you because they knew that it is one of your hot button issues? I really don't know. I really don't know. I um I went and I looked at the person's profile and I couldn't tell. Okay, well <laughs> I if, don't know. if you're the person, you let us know. Yeah, let us know. Okay, question I get this question like every day. Okay, so question 2. Do you walk Tyrion? I do not. I would never walk him. He doesn't like leaving the house. He does have a nice carrier, but he he stays home. Um, I will interject to say that one time we were in Cape Cod at Grace's parents' house and Tyrion was there and she put him out in the yard. It was very safe. Like there was nowhere for him to go. She was like, maybe he'll like being outside. I have never seen a cat so desperate to get inside. He was he like ran through the door and then he didn't really quite understand that he could go through where the door was open. So he went under the door and then up through because there was like a step my mom was like it was just pure comedy i wish we got it on video okay next Um, question do you and your sister have the same kind of cat was that planned we do so what happened was um my brother-in-law and my sister would take care of Tyrion when i was traveling and things and they fell in love with him and my brother-in-law has always been like terribly allergic to all kinds of cats like likes cats um, wanted to have one. And they were on this waiting list for this hypoallergenic cat, like this very fancy, very expensive cat. And the cat, like, I guess like the cats died. I don't know what happened, but they didn't get the cat. It was like, it was like waiting for an adopted baby. Like they'd been waiting for like two years and they didn't get the cat. Meanwhile, they realized that Steve never had a reaction around Tyrion and that he was totally fine. And so we think that this kind of Persian is like pretty hypoallergenic because um, literally him, his whole family is like very allergic to cats and they have no reaction to him or to Chili and Cotton, who are my sister's cat, who did come from the same breeder. And I hate acknowledging that I got him from a breeder. I was in a very bad place when I got Tyrion. Um, I think that's one of the questions and I'll talk about that. But I, um, I wanted a flat face cat. I got the flat face cat. My sister and her husband got the flat face cat because they realized that Steve wasn't allergic to 
them. But yeah, I think the cats are like kind of cousins. Like I think they have maybe one parent in common. I'm not sure. They're totally different litters. My sister got her cats like a year and a half after I got Tyrion. Um, Where on the Cape did you grow up? I grew up in Dennis, Massachusetts. Um, It was a wonderful town. I think they have the best beaches on the Cape. It's very pretty. Okay. So what made you decide to get Tyrion? Um, Well, it's a longer story, but I went through a very bad breakup. I was very upset. I had always wanted a flat-faced cat. Like, I just think they're so funny looking and grumpy and cute. And my ex was like, no, we're going to get – like, he was on board for cats. Like, we were going to get two street cats and so that we each had our own. And then we broke up, and I got a flat-faced cat. It was actually not Tyrion. That cat died after six weeks. It had a really sad autoimmune disorder. Um, And I was like, never again. I will never get a cat from a breeder. And the breeder reached out and sent me a picture of Tyrion and was like, have this cat. I've done like every single test in the book. He's very, very healthy. I want you to take him. And I was like, no, no, no. And then I saw the photo of him. And I was like, like my heart, like felt like it was snapping in half when I saw the photo of baby Tyrion because he was so cute. And so I I said, yes. And I, I got him for free because of the the dead cat. Well, you didn't get him for free. You paid for the dead cat. I paid for the dead cat. It's so bad. I've had wine. We paid for the dead cat who was so sweet. I loved him. His name was Aslan the Cream Puff. And I got Tyrion as my freebie. But Tyrion has been the best little freebie ever. Aww. Yeah. Next question is, when will your Amazon The Drop collection be available? I don't know. It's really sad. I hope sometime this summer because it's a very summery collection and we can't exactly launch it in the fall. Um, It makes me really upset when I think about it, but I'm hoping it's like honestly just like not a high priority for Amazon given that they have to get all of this essential stuff out. So hopefully this summer we'll see. I hope so. I want it. It's really, it's really good. I, I feel like I, I just feel so good about everything in the collection. It's, I'm really proud of it. So hopefully this summer. If not, like maybe we'll move it to next summer. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Last Grace question. Have you always been a cat person? Yeah. So growing up, my sisters and I, we always we had a lot of animals in our house. We always had a dog. We always had like a couple birds. And then we always had three cats because the girls all fought over the cats. Like we all had to have our own to like sit and watch TV with or snuggle with at night. So yeah, I think I'd say I was I've always been an animal person. Like I would totally have more pets if my lifestyle was conducive to it. Like I would love a chocolate lab. I'd love like two or three more cats. Like maybe I don't like birds when they're loose. Like I don't think birds should be like my friend has a bird and the birds always like hang out in their house and it makes me really nervous. But I'd have a bird if it was in the cage. I like animals. I'd have a lion or a seal or a monkey. I don't want you to have a bird. I don't think it would be a good idea for Tyrion. You might like it, honestly. No, too much. Because the birds, there's a bird nest outside of um, one of my windows, and he is obsessed with it. So last bucket of questions is behind the scenes of BOP. People want to know how the sausage is made. Yeah. That's a gross way to say it. Gross. So the first question is, why is the podcast called Bad on Paper? What's the story behind it? Oh, that's a long question that they probably didn't bargain for the answer. Well, we have an episode called Why We Changed Our Name. We um we had it was originally called Young Adulting back in the day. And that was because we wanted to have a podcast about young adult books where in between we gave advice on adulting and we thought that was kind of a fun pun. But there was another podcast called Young Adulting and they had some issues with us also being called Young Adulting. So we had to change our name. We put a bunch of options. We thought through some things and put them in the Facebook group and 
we thought bad on paper was the best one. And we thought it was kind of a pun on like bad book. And I don't know how we even came up with it now that I think about it. Yeah, I feel like at the beginning, the podcast was much more about, I don't love this term, but about guilty pleasure reading. So books that would be considered, quote unquote, bad. And so that's kind of where the name came in. I still like the name. I still like the name. Now I think it's more about, well, I think we're actually both pretty good on paper, but um, I just think it's a fun name. Yeah, same. Someone asked, how did you pick your intro music? So we got it from a free, uh, not a free, a music licensing site, like a stock music site. I can't remember if we got it from Musicbed or from somewhere else, but basically I went through and I picked out like five songs and I sent them to Grace and I was like, which one do you like the best? And she picked this one. And yeah. it's, it's never not funny to me. So because it's stock music, it ends up in a lot of commercials. Like we don't own it. It's not ours. And so people will get really upset. Like it's been in a, a Soda Stream commercial. It's been in, it's been a, in a Kopari. Kopari. It's been in like a Nair commercial. And people will always send it to us and they're like they're using your music and I'm like it's not our music it's like I know people think that like people stole it from us and I'm like no yeah it's not stolen stock just stock music yeah someone said what's the hardest thing about starting a podcast so I don't actually think it's very hard to start a podcast there's very little startup cost like you just need a microphone you need a, a little bit of equipment and an idea but I think generally it's not very hard to start a podcast I think the harder part of starting a podcast is being consistent with content and then committing to a schedule and creating content every week. Yes, I would say that. I would also say editing is a huge pain in the ass. And I feel so lucky that we've gotten to a point where we have advertisers and we pay someone to edit it for us because I remember when we had to edit it ourselves and I'd just be like so pissy. I'd be like, oh, I've got to do this. And like, I would just, I just really did not like editing it. Okay. But it wasn't hard. I just didn't yeah. like it. Yeah. That's the that's the key thing. I think similar to blogging, like nothing is hard. There's like tedious stuff, but it's not hard. No, it's not hard. Figuring yeah. out the equipment was like hard-ish. I think we were really lucky too because Rachel, Becca's friend who's doing rom-com pods with her, gave us a lot of tips and advice. And I've taken those tips and advice and put them in a blog post, which is like how to start a podcast or something. And she like told us like, this is the hosting platform you should use. These are the microphones you should order. This is the recorder you should get. And I think that like she was invaluable for our launch. Like what was such a small favor for her to just send an email with all the stuff we needed, like was a game changer for us. Yeah, it saved us a lot of headache and research. So somebody asked, what's the making of a BOP episode like? It's very elaborate. It's not elaborate. We're like, hey, what should this episode be about? I mean, not really, but like we usually we try to have every other other episode be a guest episode. That's obviously not happening because no one's coming over, not even Becca. Um, and we like to do most of our interviews in person if we can. Um, we're making an obsession, an exception for Jules Von Hepp in a couple of weeks because we love him and he's based in London anyway. But um, we have an outline that we like work off of loosely. Um, obviously, every episode has those same things like highs and lows and obsessions and favorites on Instagram. But it's we kind of just like pick a topic every week and then write an outline. I think we divide and conquer. Um, anytime that I've written the book outline, it ends up being weird and all, all over the place. So generally, Becca writes those. Yeah, it's pretty informal. I mean, I think we try to plan out what our episodes will be about for a few months in advance. We we're much looser about it during quarantine. I texted Grace on Monday and I was like, 
what do you think we should do for our episode this week? Should it be like a question grab bag? Um, yeah, and I was like, let me ask my readers like what they want. And then we made the episode. Yeah. So it's been more casual lately. But yeah, usually we'll like plan out topics like a couple months in advance. And um, I'd say we write the outline usually like the week of. Yeah. Yeah. Then we send it to our editor. Our editor edits it. And then she gives us, she drafts up the show notes. We make revisions to them. And then it all gets uploaded into our hosting platform. Yeah. Somebody wanted to know, would you ever let the audience pick the book of the month? Um, What you don't know, apparently, is that we've done that once a year for both years of the podcast. We've done it both years in July. I don't know if that's going to be a July tradition, but um, yeah, we we let our Facebook group vote on the book pick. Uh, The first one ended up being To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han. And then last year, it was American Spy by Lauren Wilkinson. So... I yeah. think we'll probably do it again. So make sure you're in the Facebook group if you if you want to have a say. Yeah. Someone wrote, how long do you see yourselves doing the podcast? I see myself doing it until I'm 80. Like yeah, we're going to be we'll- golden girls living in um, a, a Miami house with a lot of palm leaf print. So very similar to Grace's current apartment um, and wearing caftan like dresses and podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. I will say on a more serious note, quarantine has made me realize that like, like I sometimes think like maybe I'll move to Charleston, like not this year, not even next year, but like down the road. And it's made me realize like we can do this from anywhere. So we're not going anywhere, basically, even if one of us moves. Yeah. It's forever. Forever. I mean, we've had wine. Um, Somebody asked, what is the most difficult part of hosting and creating a podcast? Um, I think growing the audience is the hardest part. And if you go into it where you're just like, I want to create this as a creative endeavor, and I don't care who listens to it, podcasting is not that hard. Like it is yes. on paper, not that hard. Growing your audience is really hard. I mean, it's there's so many podcasts. There's so many options. And I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty competitive landscape. So you know, I, I think growing is the hardest part. Yeah, it's very hard to grow a podcast. Um, somebody asked, do podcast guests get paid? They sure don't. They get paid they do not. in friendship because most of them can't shake us afterwards. Yes. We become your friends for life. And also, like, we like to think it's great exposure. Like, we've had, like, a lot of our guests, like, I'm not bragging, but, like, a lot of our guests have come to us and asked if they could be on the podcast, which is a testament to you guys who listen. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, being a guest on a podcast is a great way to explain yourself or your platform in a long format. You know, like, you can only say so much in an Instagram caption in an Instagram story and a tweet. But I think podcasting is a medium where you can really have a deeper conversation. And it is a testament to you guys that we have this amazing community who cares about these people who come on. So I think a lot of them are excited to have a deeper conversation than just, you know, 140 characters. Exactly. Grace, let's get out of these questions. We'll have another question episode in a couple weeks. Yes. I want to talk about other stuff. Yes. What are you obsessed with? So I'm obsessed with the thing that you're obsessed with, but I couldn't put it as mine because I didn't want us to have the same one. But my obsession is Outer Banks. Why? I have two obsessions. Why are those kids so hot? I don't know. Honestly, I finished the season. I don't even really know what happened. Like there was a treasure hunt. There was a a mystery, whatever. I honestly, I just put it on as like good background noise while I was 
working and also the most beautiful people. Like I was so torn. Like, do I like the teen who's called John B and his he's 27 in real life? Or do I like his girlfriend's dad who is called Wade and Wade is 55 in real life? I love them both. Well, the good news is is that you don't have to choose because this is your fantasy relationship with Netflix characters. Exactly. I will say my other obsession, which we haven't even talked about this, and you used to work for them, mm-hmm. is Daily Harvest. So I was listening. I've, this is like the 17th time I've referenced them in this episode. I was listening to Girls Gotta Eat, and they did an ad for Daily Harvest. And Ashley was talking about how she has a smoothie every day. And I was just thinking, God, I would love a smoothie every day. So I went in and I ordered it, and I got like all these smoothies which I've had before. They're great. And they also have flatbread pizzas and harvest bowls. And so I ordered it and it's been wonderful. And I'm going to do it every week, I, I think. Oh, that's I'm great. Sure. It definitely love is. It. It's super easy. Yeah. I'm, I like knew about it and we t- we've talked about it and I've gotten it before, but it's so good. Yeah. I had the ch- the cacao mint smoothie this mm-hmm. morning and it was so delicious, but it also had like a ton of spinach and greens in it. So I felt healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So my the crown jewel, which is apparently also yours, is never have I ever on Netflix. Oh my god, it's so good! It's so cute. It's so cute. So it's a show that is, I think, written and directed by Mindy Kaling. Definitely directed by. I think written by also. And I it's think a, she wrote it. It's about an Indian teenager in California, and she's pretty unpopular. And she comes back for her sophomore year of high school and is on a mission to get a boyfriend and lose her virginity. It is so fucking funny. It is so funny. I laughed so hard. Like if you were a dorky teenager, like this is your show. It was the writing is so good. It is so heartwarming. It's wonderful. I stopped it like four minutes in. And I was like, I'm I'm going to love this. Like, it was like an instant like, oh, yeah, this was a good choice. And it's narrated by John McEnroe. Which like, is so funny. Pro. It's so funny and random. And wait, who narrates one? Oh, Andy, Andy Samberg. Samberg narrates an, another episode. It's so funny. So funny. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Yeah. What about books? Okay, so I haven't had a ton of time to read because of everything that's going on with rom-com pods. However, on Sunday, I finished The Air Affair, which is the sequel to The Royal We, and I loved it. I will say it is probably less plot-driven than the first book, but these are characters that I would read about on and on and on forever, which is funny because I don't care at all about the real-life royals. Like, I don't care at all about Will and Kate. Love these characters. Mm-hmm. It was like comfort food. It was like it was so nice to be in this book. I cannot wait to read it now that I have a Kindle. It was so good. That I need to set up. And then I went back to um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which is a book that I'd started a couple of weeks ago and was just like not in the right mood for. It. And I'm enjoying it, but I'm not. I think this is also about me. I'm pickier in quarantine than I usually am. Um, I'm not enjoying it as much as her last book. Um, I think it is also that this book is a lot more about motherhood, which I obviously do not relate to. But I mean, her last book was about like marriage and Christianity, which I also don't relate to. So I don't know. But I am yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. What What are you reading? You have you have a lot here. Yeah. So I read Feels Like Falling with, by Christy Woods and Harvey, who's our friend. We love her. She was a guest at our Atlanta live show. She is just she is the quarantine author that we all need. Her books are so heartwarming and sweet. 
I loved this book so much. It was you got to finish it. I know you started it. I think I'm going to read it. I think I'm going to read it this weekend. The next book I read was The Last House Guest, which they actually had sponsored one of our episodes before. And it's a thriller by Megan Miranda. And I loved it. Megan Miranda is a fantastic writer. I've read a lot of her books before. They're very twisty. They're very fun. She sent us her, her latest, and I can't wait to read that one. I also read The Guest List, which was my book of the month pick that we talked about in the ad. That was fantastic. It takes place on this coastal town in Ireland, and um, somebody gets killed. We don't know who, but it's also amazing. I feel like I'm gushing. But now I'm reading Don't You Forget About Me by Varya McFarland. And so Vary is Becca's favorite author, one of her favorite authors. She's my favorite British chick lit author. So I read her latest book, If I Never Met You, and it was one of the best books I've read in ages. It was so good, so sweet, so fun, so wonderful. And what I should have done is ordered the books that Becca recommended I read from her, which would be Who's That Girl? And I forget the name of the other one. Her first one. You had me at hello. Yes. But somebody had sent me a copy of Don't You Forget About Me. So I was like, that sounds great. I'm going to read this. And I'm 100 pages in and I don't like it. I'm having a hard time following. I don't like the character. Becca, do I DNF this or do I keep going? I think I can't tell you what to do. What I can tell you is that that is probably my least favorite of her books. I still enjoyed it, but I recognize that it is not peak Vari McFarlane, in my opinion. Because her other book was so fucking good. Like, it was so good. So, I mean, I think maybe maybe you do DNF it and order Who's That Girl on your new Kindle, which is my favorite book of hers, even more than If I Never Met You, because I don't yes. want you to like, I don't want you to sour on her. So what I really want to do is DNF it and read our book club pick for May, which I'm so excited about. Mine hasn't but come I, yet. Oh, yeah. I got. So what happened was I, I had ordered it on Amazon and then I was like, fuck Amazon. I'm going to order on on bookshop.org. And then I tried to cancel my order on Amazon because the Amazon one came the next day. Oh. Um, so I couldn't cancel it. So I have another copy coming from Bookshop. So, yeah. But I don't know what to do about this book. I don't know either. But I am feeling very excited about our May book club pick. So we picked a book. Neither of us have read it. But Grace's mom said it's fantastic. And a bunch of people DM'd me to say that they were so addicted to it. So My mom won't stop talking about it, by the way. I'm very excited. It's called The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. And as I understand it, it is both a comedy and a horror book. Yeah. And my mom said it's kind of heartwarming because it's about moms and like a book club. I can't wait. And friendships. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm very enthused by how many people said that they couldn't put it down who have already read it. So I'm looking forward to getting sucked in to a book. I can't wait. I think I'm going to start it tonight and just DNF this Faria book. I feel bad because I think she's so talented, but it's hard to slog through something in it. If you're at 100 pages and you don't like it, like, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we've got for you. If you would like more of us, please join our Facebook group and come talk about all things books and, you know, anything else with us. Follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. Sidebar, follow her because she's so close to swipe ups. Oh my God, I'm so close. You need 10,000 for swipe ups and I'm at like 9610 or something. Yeah, so go follow Becca. Also, while you're at it, follow me. I'm at Grace Atwood. Go to my blog. It's thestripe.com. Share us on your Instagram stories and you will, you've paid us. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.